Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm here today. I'm a writer and producer. I live in Pasadena, California. And for the purposes of this special episode of Satellite Sisters, I think it's important to know that I have two college graduates. That's right. My younger son, Colin, graduated from college last week. He had a virtual graduation that he actually produced because he's an intern in the media studies department at his college. So it meant he was watching in a Olympia, Washington, and I was sitting on my couch watching in Pasadena, California. None of this was what we planned, but that's why we're talking today. Julie and Liz have the day off the show. Liz was supposed to be off um, working on the Olympics this week. (laughs) So that's why (laughs) last August we gave her the week off. But you know what? The Olympics aren't happening and Julie's taking a week off. So it's just me, but I'm happy to be joined by two guests. Sue Borison and Stephanie Silverman. They are the team behind Your Teen Media, and they are a fantastic resource for pandemic parenting. So that is what we're going to spend time talking about today. We have questions from our Facebook group that we're going to be answering, and we're going to be covering the major topics that parents have been worried about over the last couple of months and all through the summer and moving into the fall. Sue and Steph are a great resource, and we're happy to have them. They are the publisher and editor-in-chief and publisher and chief revenue officer of the Your Teen. Is it a media empire, Sue? Is it is it fair to say you guys have a media empire? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so they have been doing yeoman's work during the last couple of months, informing parents of teens and college-age kids about the questions they have most. And we solicited some questions on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. And you know what? You have questions, too, about pandemic parenting. So today's whole hour is going to be devoted to some of the questions that you had. Susan Borison founded Your Teen because she wanted to read a magazine about raising teenagers. You know why? Because she had five kids. Uh, so, So she brings a lot of personal expertise to the situation. Steph loves being the co-owner of Your Team Media because it changed everything for the better about her parenting of three great kids, one of whom is still a teen. So tell us why you founded this and what you've been doing for the last 14 years with Your Team. Oh, yes. So, um, well, I'll tell you that when the idea came into my head, it was really for someone else to do because I just felt like there was this false notion that parenting was a cumulative skill set. And when my oldest hit adolescence, I was like, what the heck is going on here? You know, like I, I, I just I didn't know how to respond and pivot quick enough to kind of be the best parent I could be during that stage. And I kept thinking I want resources. And one thing I found was that uh, there were no casual resources. I didn't want books and books on every every thought that popped in my head. Like, is my kid sad, depressed? This I didn't want to pick up books for everything. But there wasn't kind of that parents magazine style of anything where you could take snippets which could tell you, is this something to worry about or is this something normal? And so I think the the origin of this was to find out, which is the question we all want to know, is this normal? And so much of adolescence presents itself as both worrisome and not worrisome. So the line between that is really hard to define. Um, And we set out to do the best we could there. I think for the people who have been loyal fans, they would report the same thing that Stephanie and I feel. It changed our parenting completely. And the other piece of raising teenagers is that the conversation kind of stops between friends. It's so easy to talk about whether your kid is potty trained or sleeping through the night. There's no personal kind of, uh, like we're we're not making ourselves vulnerable when we tell that story. It it doesn't reflect on our parenting abilities, but somehow adolescence has turned into this race of success. And when when you share with a friend that 
um, something happened in your house and they say they they give that response of like, oh, that's too bad. You know, you are you are left out there by yourself feeling like it's just me. This is horrible. I wish I hadn't said anything. So, you know, know, our sister Julie always said that on Satellite Sisters, that people stop talking when their kids are teenagers. And I think it's because the problems are big. They start to get really serious. They're not so cute anymore. And yeah, it does make you super vulnerable. So you kind of fill that gap. You bring in experts and your own expertise. Is that fair to say? Well, and other parents just sharing their stories so that, um, you know, we love when we get the feedback that says, I feel like you live in my house because we're hitting on topics that everyone's dealing with. I mean, you know, there's very little that anyone can experience as a parent that isn't universal for a large group of people. So So, what, what were, what were the big concerns before the pandemic for parents? And then what are they concerned about now? Has that list changed really drastically? I would say uh, yes. <laughs> so there, there are a couple things. You know, there, there was the yearning for family time and kids running all, uh, you know, amok to their sports and all that. Now, you know, that has completely flipped. Now there's a, too much family time, right? If there's such a thing, and I'm here to say there is. So, um, so I think there's that. But I think also we can't we can't let go of how school ended last year and right. lots of concerns about academics and and those are fair concerns, right? I mean, we're not going to pretend that from March to June look like what everybody thought it would look like. So I think there's a lot of valid concerns on the table about that and what it's going to look like when those kids go back and have they lost, you know, footing? Are they where they're supposed to be? Which I can't imagine they could be. And then there's also the complication of what does it look like socially for them even right now? And, you know, as as families are having different struggles and different rules around who can see whom and where and what that looks like. I literally can't even imagine having teenagers in lockdown. I mean, I think for parents of little kids, it must be more challenging, slightly more. But uh, Steph, you have one child at home. What has that been like? A daily battle for uh, lockdown? So, <laughs> so you know, I should actually thank her employer right now because she actually works eight to five right now in the summer. Oh my god! So that's been a great thing. But it's it's really interesting, Leanne, because I would say her her friend group. She's seen a couple friends the last month or so. There's probably four friends: two from school, what two from her old school, and um, their rules seem to be pretty similar. But I okay. think it's been really hard. I think yeah. it's really hard. Because first of all, they're seeing social media and what everybody else is doing. And at one point I made a comment. I don't even know if Sue and I talked about this. I made a comment like, oh, well, do you think people like, do you think there's kids in your grade out and about? And she just started laughing. She's like, mom, (laughs) like, it's like a free for all. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, So there's definitely a lot of different things going on for sure. I don't think each of our, I think there's some commonality in terms of the, yes, we are all together and we all have a a similar strife, but then there's these other pieces, depending on how social your kid is, how, where you fall on the, uh, the bell curve, if you will. Right. (laughs) Yes. The pod, the pod protection program where you are. Yeah. So, yeah. Sue, during this pandemic, though, you have been doing Facebook Lives every single day. Like, is that that seems like an emergency parenting situation? Mm-hmm. How did that get started? And what have you talked to? And is it is it never you're just going to do these every day till the vaccine arrives or what's happening? <laughs> well, it started because it did feel like there was an emergency going on and there was yeah. an emergency in my house. So I was grateful to have access to professionals who could even just help me personally. But then it turned out, as always, that I was not alone. I was no, not special. Um, and so I, I did reach out. You know, we've got 14 years of talking to professionals. So that's a gift to be able to re- reach out to all of these psychologists and and adolescent docs and, and get their input on the best way to handle this. Now, for the medical side of it, it was a constantly changing story. So mm. um, I, I spoke to one doctor. <clears throat> sorry. I spoke to one doctor who said that we should all just follow the rules. <laughs> I was like, okay, as a rule follower, 
I'm desperate to do that, but tell me what the rules are. Right. (laughs) I know. It was confusing. Yes, it remains confusing what the rules are exactly. Yeah, like I have a pile of things that we purchased, like elderberry, and we got Tylenol because you couldn't have Motrin, and we got vitamin D because that was supposed to prevent it. And, you know, it's like a lot of us are trying to follow the rules. Just give them to us. So you're care- where do people we're going to have links to all of your social media so that if you're listening now and you want to see all of the experts that Sue and Steph have been talking to on their Facebook live, you can do that. So we'll have the links at SatelliteSisters.com. But we want to get to some of the questions that people left on our Facebook group at Satellite Sisters. Um, and it also really gets to a lot of the big issues that you guys have been seeing that cover, you know, the lack of motivation, concern about academic academics, the social lines, family dynamics, social distancing, and then the missing of all these lasts. And Sue, I understand you have done the work that I didn't do. You've written a graduation speech for the class of 2020. Is that something we have to look forward to at the end of this show? Well, I certainly hope you're looking forward to it. But if it turns out that you aren't, just know that my heart was in the right place. I absolutely. I, I appreciate that. You take requests. I mean, that's a pro because I really did. Once I talked to my son after the graduation, he's in his apartment, I'm in my house, and I didn't know what to say to him. I mean, I, I'm glad you're graduated, but boy, it's a, it's a rough world out there. So I'm glad you, you've cooked up some words for us. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to get to all your questions. Thanks. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what what I'm recommending. Yeah, (laughs) either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz. Right. Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Thanks for listening to Satellite Sisters. If you're new to Satellite Sisters, I want to let you know what's going on at Satellite Sisters Media. We have a website, SatelliteSisters.com, that has, hold on to your hats, over 800 podcast episodes. That's right. We're real sisters and we talk about real things. We talk about news, talk, laughs, entertainment, health, wellness, and what's going on in our day-to-day lives. You can find it at our website, SatelliteSisters.com, or at any podcast platform. We also have a very active Facebook group, and we'd love for you to become a member. You just search Facebook and look at Satellite Sisters, and there we are. You have to answer a couple of questions, but then we'll let you in. It's a closed group, and it's a nice, kind place on the internet where you can ask questions, solicit answers, make observations. It's a well-behaved group of Satellite Sisters and Misters there. And we're all over the place on social media. On Instagram, we're at Sat Sisters. You can also find us on Twitter at Sat Sisters. We're so happy that you're listening today to our special pandemic episode. And we want you to join us every week. Satellite Sisters. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Leanne here. It's our 
Parenting in a Pandemic special. Uh, I'm so glad to welcome Sue and Steph from Your Teen. You do a podcast. They have a digital magazine. They have a great website, their blog. I mean, I spent an hour and a half yesterday there reading everything on the blog. There were a lot of articles there that applied to me. Very happy to have that resource. And now we're going to take some questions from the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. People did have serious questions about what's happening in their life. And probably the one topic that I saw the most about was the lack of motivation and staying motivated. So Sue, in general, have you seen a lot of questions about that at your, at your, at your team? I mean, it is so overwhelming. So we did a little poll on our social media and um, our response is divided this way. The question was, how did you feel about online learning? And we had 10% who loved it which is, I think, even high. I was a little shocked by that. Uh, we, we <laughs> Those have 40... are kids that really hate school, where they must really, really hate school. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, 45% hated it, and 45% made it work. So um, this this lack of motivation, it, it isn't coming from nowhere. I mean, it's just really been a challenging time. Everything's changed. Everything's been taken away that they knew as normal. Um, and the motivation is low. It just really is difficult for everybody. But I want to say to this parent that uh, I hope you get some comfort in knowing you're not alone. Well, let me just, let me read the question first. Okay. So, uh, so we got a question from Allison. She had a question about her middle schooler, her teen finished middle school. And now she's off to high school. She said the last three months of middle school was a letdown. That would be an understatement. It was awful and almost no learning took place. Oh gosh. As if middle school isn't bad <laughs> enough. Okay. So we're now trying to get excited for the new adventure of high school. How can we keep her motivated and, and encouraged when so much is unknown? She doesn't want to do any more online learning. All right. What do you got for us, Sue? What do you got? I mean, I don't know that this is going to be so satisfying for her because we are all experiencing the same uncertainty. Um, and there's no more certainty about the fall, even though schools are coming out with their, their plans right now. We all know that that could change on a dime. Um, certainly doctors are suggesting that there's going to be a round two. So we don't know. But there are things that that we can do as parents that we've heard from experts, which is worry about everyone's mental health. I mean, that should be the highest priority. So when parents raised questions to our experts about learning, the experts all said that is not the primary goal right now. We need to worry about their mental health. Um, and so one, huh. some of the suggestions that came out of that was you know, as as we all know these things, but we need to be reminded that volunteering is a really important way to get out of our own headspace. Um, and it and it does just make us feel better about the world. A gratitude journal, another suggestion that really um, changes the way we look at the world. And that one is actually so easy to do and and people who do it really find it to be meaningful. Um, and then the third thing is pursue a passion. So, if you're not finding that your kid wants to do any formal learning, talk to them about what they're really interested in and help them find that passion. I have a kid who showed up from college, like many other kids, after one and a half semesters, um, and he decided he wanted to build a desk. Well, you know, my first knee jerk was, oh, you've got to be kidding. This is so ridiculous. Um <laughs> But think about what went into building that desk. Like it really was a lot of science went into that, a lot of commitment and planning and and sp spending some of our money, but it was well worth it. Um, and and so what we what the experts have been telling us is that every kid has a passion. We know that people are born with that. And so sitting down with your kid and having a discussion, how do we, if, if that child is saying, you know, I, I have nothing I want to do, then that might be a point in time if you're actually really worried that you call a primary care doctor and talk to them about that. But if we're talking about kind of the regular boredom and the, the um, lazing around and watching too much TV, just engage them in a conversation about what would be exciting for them to do under the constraints that you and your family have decided you have at this point. Yeah. That's great advice. I mean, there is an opportunity for them to kind of do whatever they want. And I like the idea of the desk. You know why? Because it's not in front of a screen either. Something that's, you know, physical uh, that can be done outside, presumably in a garage or something. That's really good advice. 
All right, Steph, we have a, a question from Kathleen about our high schooler. It's the same sort of question. Um, you know, middle school, it, it's the same sort of question, but she has a 17-year-old. Uh, she stopped doing the writing courses she loves. She stopped doing the ballet via Zoom. She's not interested in any kind of e-courses. Starting over on the job hunt has proved really challenging. Um, the mom is burnt out from coaching and encouraging her. And I have at least another 10 weeks. I get that. The mother says her own work is suffering. Her daughter's moody and morose. They've tried opening up the backyard for friend visits with tons of rules. And that's going pretty well. But it's the long, unstructured days that the mother worries about. She would love suggestions on how to re-motivate, engage, discuss online college courses, which have been suggested as a way to demonstrate interest in a college, as there is no visiting of yet. What What do you have for us, Steph? Is this relatable oh to you? Yeah. And just ugh, you know, yeah. <laughs> just one big ugh. Yeah. I know. You know I, one of the things we've heard, and Sue alluded to this, or maybe even said it earlier, is that we've had the benefit of 14 years of hearing from experts. And I would say, and we've been asked this before, like, what's the one piece of advice or two pieces of advice that you think are really helpful? And the one I go back to constantly is being empathetic towards them in their situation. And I have always been surprised that when I have stated that, like, I, I guess I've always thought, well, they must know that I feel bad about it, but that's not true. <laughs> and right. so experts okay. tell time and time again that to say to them, like, ugh, this really stinks. I know that, you know, how much you loved your ballet and, the, you know, and the other things that she was doing, right? Um, and, you know, the job hunt that everything, you know, everything's kind of blowing up or everything's on hold, really. I feel like the whole world has hit pause. But I think for, I would say to that mom is, to acknowledge it and how much it stinks. And this is so not what she or anyone had in mind and how badly she feels about that. I think she'll be surprised by that. I, I am every time. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just a slow learner, but I am surprised by the reaction I get each time. And I think as far, one of the other things that um, I think is important is asking them what they, and again, this is something we've heard time and time again, what does, what does she want out of the summer? Everything has changed. We know that. So plan A, no longer an option, you know, option A, no longer an option. You know, what can option B or option C look like? What would, what, what does she see that looking like? And then it puts the onus back on them to come up with that. Um, and certainly I think can at least put a pause in that dynamic. Um, the other thing is, you know, and I, and I don't know if I read this question wrong or if there was something else in there about, oh, about showing, um, like, you know, about as a way to College. demonstrate, yes, yeah. as a way to demonstrate College. interest. Yes. The big C word. So what we've done in our house, and again, it came from one of our experts and I used it, I think on our middle one who's in college now was the picking a day of the week when you talk about this stuff. So our day in our household is Sunday at five. We do not utter the word college any other time oh, because she good. does not like to talk about it. She, um, she doesn't want me nagging her about it. And so it was, in fact, I overheard her telling my husband the other day because he asked something and he said, and she said, dad, we only talk about it Sundays at five. <laughs> so I thought it was love, so funny. But can I, I love something? that idea. I my my younger it's not son. Mine, but I'm sharing it. It's so brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they hear the word college 20 times a day every oh single day at school. And you don't realize that until you go to like a parent teacher night and you realize, yeah. oh my gosh, they're starting in on freshman year. They and what are you gonna say about it now? Like everything's gonna be up in the air. Admissions is is all changing. Cool. It's literally like slipping away and changing under your feet. So, well, I'm so that's glad fantastic. You just, yes. And I wanna add one thing to that. I and this came from my daughter's counselor, and I'm gonna share it. I thought it was brilliant, was they know they're applying to college this fall, those that were planning on it. Everything is changing. And if you've got a kid that is really not wanting to talk about it, don't make them talk about it. They've yeah. got plenty of time. Everything is changing. The kids, there is so much anxiety amongst these kids. And Sue said this earlier about mental health. That's the number one. And so if they are adamant about not talking about it, we have to respect it. Okay. I, I 100%. I am on board with that answer. All right. That was a good one. Thank you, you guys. Mm -hmm. That was good. All right. Now we're going to go to socialization again. I can't even believe I can't I my hats are off to parents that are trying to manage this. So this question, uh, Sue, let me read it. it came from Wendy. Um, so this mom has a 16 year old daughter 
you know, she was supposed to go to study art in France for the summer. That sounds fantastic. Canceled. She can't find a job because of the economy and the virus. They're in a state in Connecticut, which really got hammered, uh, in fact, by this and still going on. She's bored, restless, misses her friends. We've invited a select group of her friends over to the house, but I feel like I've regressed and I find myself, this is in quotes and it gave me shivers, managing play dates when she's Mm. craving autonomy. So Wendy's question is really about the developmental steps for her teen to move away from her parents at this age. And now she has to insert herself into her social life. So what would you say to Wendy? Well, first of all, I want to just congratulate Wendy because she's aware that she as a parent is regressing right now, which I think all of us have because they're with us all day, every day, and it's hard not to notice. I mean, the gift of them not being in front of us means we can't worry about things we don't know. When they're there in front of us, we're seeing that, you know, maybe they're socializing too much or maybe they're not socializing enough. And, And the social life of the teenager is like the Goldilocks story. Like every parent worries that one of them is doing it too much and one of them is not doing it enough. And where's the person who's doing it just right? Um, So I think the first congratulations is that she's aware that she's stepping into a spot where her 16-year-old doesn't really need her. So to that, I say congratulations. And also, I mean, parenting is so forgiving. So if that is something that you feel like you shouldn't have been doing, I would say, just apologize and say that you're going to do your best now to pull out of that and let her own her life at 16, at least her social life right now. Um, Moms are wired like that. It's such a hard habit to break. But when we see a problem, our first instinct is to jump in and try and help them solve it. And all of the things that are happening to our kids right now are things that we can't solve. Um, And it's such a... um, it's a wake up call for all of us. You know, I mean, we all have to think about what's the the right answer to a sad kid. Like, can we live with watching our kid be sad or bored? Um, and I, I want to add again, the caveat that if you actually are worried about your child, like they're s- showing very changed personality traits, sleeping too much, and you have thoughts in your head, like, I wonder if they're depressed or if something else is going on. We always encourage you to please reach out to your primary care doctor and get input on that. Um, but if you're if you're not at that point and your gut isn't telling you anything like that, and it seems kind of like the normal stuff that's going on with our kids right now, we, we unfortunately have no way to solve this right now. Mm. Right. You're right. It does. Yeah, that is the hardest thing. You want to say and do something comforting and positive. And I just think as a parent, I remember in high school, you feel like they're, oh my gosh, they're losing ground. They're losing ground on the other kids who are doing X, Y, and Z. And you're not doing X, Y, and Z. Oh my gosh, you're losing ground. And everyone's losing ground. So I guess there's nothing positive about that. Actually, I think this is a unique time where it is the most democratic we've seen in our society. Like what happened to one happened to everyone. So this idea of summer slide and COVID slide, everyone, everybody's in the same boat. When they get back to school, if they're in school in the fall, the teachers and the schools are going to have to deal with everybody having missed out on a whole set of skills that were supposed to be accomplished. Right. I feel like I'm in a COVID slide and I'm a grown up <laughs> with a, you know, fully operational business to run. And even still, I find it very challenging every day to get motivated. Okay. So uh, we're all going through this and be empathetic is great. All right, Steph, let's just talk a little bit about families managing their social distancing. Um, it seems like a, a lot of families have just given up. Is that your observation or what's happening in your world? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think everything's happening. I feel like, yes, there are many people that are like, oh, I'm so over COVID. I'm like, well, okay, but COVID's not over. So I don't, I don't know what that looks like. But I was actually sitting with um, mom of a rising high schooler the other night out in our backyard, social distancing. And she made the comment that most of her daughter's friends have stopped, <laughs> I'm using air quotes, um, have, have stopped social distancing and how that's been hard for her daughter. Um, so again, there's a myriad of things. And I think that, um, it, 
One, you know, there are certain very real things. If you have somebody in your family that is compromised, right? Let's say you've got a, an aging, we've got a neighbor, aging mother living with them. They're not going anywhere, right? Um, or you've got a kid who, we have another friend, kids going uh, in cancer treatment, right? I mean, you've got very specific cases that obviously as a family, you have to make some decisions and mom and dad or mom and partner or dad and partner are in, char are in charge of those decisions. But I think the other thing is, um, and again, it depends how old your kids are, depends on the dynamic of your family. And it goes back to something I said earlier, which was getting the input of the family. What, you know, what is the family comfortable with? You know, if we have another family over, how are you guys about sitting in the backyard, you know, sitting distanced from each other, which we actually did this weekend with another family. Um, but we had an interesting situation and I don't even think I shared this with Sue is that we had a friend who, uh, a very good friend, had a big birthday coming up, and a friend of mine was coming in from out of town to surprise her. She said, I'll stay with you, you know, Sunday night. And I said, that sounds great. I hang up the phone, and I'm thinking, wait, I've had no one in my house. Oh, yeah, right. And I'm like, wait, what do I do about that? So I said to my husband, I'm like, okay, what do you think? And they have been a unit, the six of them, this family, because they just moved to a new city. They don't know anybody. They've just been themselves at one place. So I don't feel that they're exposed, but still it was someone bringing someone into my house. So my husband said, you know what? I think it's okay. How about if she will be outside the night she gets here, she can sleep in the basement. And then the next morning you're going to be outside at this friend's house. So I said, okay, that sounds good. I'm like, but you know what? I kind of feel like we have to talk to the kids. I've got two kids in their 20s, one who's 17. I, if they just walked in and said, hey, you know, Billy's sleeping over tomorrow night. I'm right. like, no, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> so, you know, I, I said, I'm not looking for their permission, but I am looking to talk as a family about this. And so we had a whole discussion about it. And the kids said, well, where's she going to sleep? What's that going to look like? And normally I'd give up my room to her, but I feel weird about it. I said, okay, I think the, what about having her in the basement? And we're going to be outside then. And everyone's like, you know what? It's such an important thing for this other friend. We're okay with that. Because I even said, she can stay in a hotel. She does not have to stay here. She was mm -hmm. okay with that. And the kid said, you know what? No, mom, the way we're going to do that for 13 hours, nine of which she's in the basement sleeping, like that feels okay. Um, but I do think, you know, we, we're all trying to be so respectful of each other, um, you know, it, during this time and we are spending so much family time together. It felt like the right way to approach it. And again, my kids aren't eight, 10 and 12. They're 17, 20 and 22. Right. You know, we've got a few adults here. Um, but I think, you know, again, it comes down to, I would say, maybe family values and discussing things of family and really honestly asking how do they feel about this? That's a, a good suggestion because I've seen like my sons have very strong opinions on this. They've mm -hmm. both been really good about social distancing. And, uh, you know, they're 22 and 25. They're not taking this lightly at all. The idea that everyone is out partying and going to bars, that is that is not true. And yeah, uh, like to give this younger generation some credit for that. Like yeah, I was I trying to lure, that. I was trying to lure my 22 year old home. I mean, not really. I just said, <laughs> are, are you have a couple of weeks? He's actually going to work at the college he just graduated from. They offered him a job because he's gotten so good at running Zoom classrooms. Um, and I said, are you going to drive home to California? He's like, yeah, I don't really think it's safe to travel. I was like, okay, fine. You know, <laughs> I haven't seen him since January, so I miss him. But I'm not going to force him home. That's his call. So, yeah, because they are, uh, you forget, they are grownups. They yeah, are, gro <laughs> they for are sure. grown up. All right. So let's talk about this giant question of family dynamics, because I can imagine that some families are doing awesome in lockdown and other families are really breaking apart. So what, what have you seen? What have you seen change or is anything different in terms of family dynamics and how they present during the last couple of months? Well, I think everything's changed and anybody who says it hasn't is just really uh, wearing rose-colored glasses. But I think the fascinating thing is we've had a number of open Q&As and um, nobody brought up family dynamic, like nobody ever. Um, mm. But we would be seeing like comments and memes and and talking to amongst ourselves like this is a nightmare you know, I mean, how many times did we share with each other how much we hated our spouse? Or, you know, there were there, the cartoons coming out of like, I'm upstairs in a lock in a closed door room and I hear my husband eating cereal in the kitchen downstairs in the, right. you know, like, like, I mean, we're so sensitive and irritable and because we're all so stressed. But, but I think that it's very hard to admit 
that we are that our family is not doing great right now because social media and people's front yards when the whole family is out there playing a game together tells us a different story and so we you know there's this like sense like how come everyone else is doing so great and i'll tell you i had four of my five adult kids come home it was not good i mean oh, wow. we had a really massive transition from what was independence to living in a house together for months, which is not normal. It's not healthy. It's not normal. Um, and and we we worked it out. But I'm telling you, there are scars. There are some there's some good scars and some bad scars. But one of the things I want to say, because I got to talk to Rosalind Weissman, who wrote an article in the New York Times about family meetings. Oh. And um, I, I did uh, I did have a family meeting, which I always laugh at because, you know, I, knew, I know everyone's going to roll their eyes and, and I'm going to have to really pull people in. And now I have adult children. So it's not even like it's not even reasonable. Right. But I, I, I came to the table with such rage and certainty about like how I was going to handle this meeting and how I was going to lay down the law about being graceful and kind and and forgiving and, and just like really being mad at them. And I sat down and I looked at all of their faces and I, I just, I don't know, something melted in me. And I just said, I just want to apologize for anything I've contributed to the tension in the house. And, and it was like divine. Wow. Answer. Wait, but I want to tell you, this was not like a rational person who thought this up. This came from outside me. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> it's not, it's not my traditional way of operating in the family, but you know, what you felt was a diffusion of the energy in the room that was so helpful. And Rosalind, and I, I hadn't spoken to Rosalind Weissman yet, but when I spoke to her, she gives this um, piece of advice, which I think is so sweet. Like before you have a family meeting, look at a picture of your kids when they're little in those moments where they were so delicious and where yeah. you're flooded as an adult with, with love yeah, and then, and then go have that meeting. So I think I kind of had that moment and it was a pivotal moment in my family. Like we, people really shared. It wasn't the only one, by the way, I want to tell you, if you think that that meeting took care of all of the problems in our family, <laughs> it did not. <laughs> what were the issues? Was it just the usual like food, no one doing the dishes, laundry, not respecting space? Is that, is that, would that sum it up or just using um, up all the Wi-Fi? So I think it was all of that and so much more. Some okay. of it deep seated, some of it yeah. like really like about past things. You know, I, I think about my family going on vacation and we're all committed to making it a lovely week if we all get to be together. And so that means like letting things slide. Well, when you let things slide over and over and over again, at some point when the, the temperature in the room is right, you're going to combust or something, you know? And um, so all of it came out. Every single thing came out. Like one of my kids came home and said, can I have a, a, a shelf in the refrigerator for my food? Well, I mean, that sounded like the most selfish, <laughs> insane thing I had ever heard. But by the time a few weeks went by, I said, you know what? You can have your own shelf. I get it. Like, you live your own independent life. This is insane. <laughs> you know, like you made dinner last night and you come to eat the rest of it for lunch and someone else ate it, you know? Okay. Thank you for sharing. I feel like I feel like I'm closer to you now, So All right. <laughs> we have a question that encompasses all of sort of all of these things. Chris said she has a 14 year old girl who left uh, whose end to middle school left us both sad to miss all the rewards after leaving a school for nine years. She has a 15 year old freshman boy whose freshman year ended with no learning in the fourth quarter and the first summer without organized sports to be a part of, which is a big deal for kids who are athletes. A 17 year old boy who had one mandatory class because it was a dual enrolled class that had was nothing but a fight from beginning to end to get him to do the homework. So this sounds great. So Chris's, Chris's questions about college visits, because you know what? It's always about college visits, isn't it? It's always about college. <laughs> but she says, it's been a rough few months at our house. Both my husband and I are still working full time, but it's super non-productive days where kids drive us both nuts. We feel like the school system failed them and they lost a whole semester. So I want to break this down in parts because it's kind of all in there. We've already talked, we've already covered a little bit about academics and that feeling of wasted time. But Steph, do you have any more uh, advice for this? Like how to, what, what they can do during the summer so it doesn't feel like everything was wasted? 
Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, there's so many pieces to it. I'm trying to think which one I want to tackle first. Um, I think the, the, you know, I don't want to, you know, it's funny. I'm always one to say summer should be as free as you want. And why do they give summer reading? And why do they, I hate that. And my kids would go to camp for the summer and then they come home and they have three days to do summer reading. And I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Um, but I do. Yeah, it, it drove me nuts. I mean, you could ask any of my kids and they would tell me that tell you that that is the thing that gets under my skin because I feel like they don't have enough freedom. Well, now they've had a lot of freedom. And I guess my head goes back to what is fall going to look like? Because they are going to go back. There is this COVID slide. And um, how are they going to make sure they're shored up for for the new year. And so I was listening to one of the, one of the experts we had interviewed and she was just, I guess one is, you know, always acknowledging, you know, whatever frustration there is. I think that you can't do that enough, you know, whatever someone thought was going to happen this summer and acknowledging that this summer is not when anybody thought it would be and how much that that's just stinks. Okay. So, so getting that out of the way and, and letting that, you know, letting everyone hear that. Um, but I think the other piece is, evaluating where they are and potentially making up for that lost time. There is a lot of time left this summer. Um, right. There are a lot of ways to do that. I mean, everything, you know, it's not unheard of to reach out to a teacher right now or to a school district. And, you know, I think teachers really, I mean, hats off to them. They just went above and beyond. You know, they were not only having to pivot to this online learning and then had their own kids at home many of them. I mean, I just can't even imagine what they had to do. Um, And I have a very good friend who teaches and I've heard it firsthand. Um, But I think, you know, maybe saying to them how, you know, I know this year didn't go how you expected it to go. You know, you're approaching ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, whatever it is. Um, You know, how do you feel about just, you know, taking a pause or or trying to figure out what fall is going to look like and making sure you're ready for that. Is there a way for us to do that? Or is there a way I can be helpful with that? Um, Because I do think, you know, that's going to be another layer of frustration. And now that they have the time and they've had the time, um, I think it's something that can be addressed and um, hopefully reduce some more stress, more potential stress. And they're all going to come back, you know, in different places. Like Sue said, it's all equal in terms of all being behind, but not everybody's going to be the same in terms of how behind they are. Right. And and what about all- the worry about the ACT? What about the college testing? Yeah. I mean, like, so like I'm Harvard gonna- announced. Harvard announced today they they're not going to they're making the standardized tests optional, which oh, seems I like a good. Oh, yeah. wow. I missed yeah. that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to push on that, but yeah, you know. yeah, it is. And I think, and speaking as the mom of a kid who hasn't taken a standardized test yet, and she's going into her <laughs> senior year. So I'm, I'm here to tell you. She can still get into Harvard. Still get this into Harvard. Great news. Exactly. Um, does she have to apply in any other fashion or is everything yeah. waived? No, just, just send her name, name in. It's, right. Just put her name in. It's just like a, a, a registration box. Um, yeah. So there's plenty of time for that. And I'll go yeah. back to you know what the experts have been saying. Like if this is, if this is going to add another layer of stress, don't do it. You know, right. give them that mental health break that they all, that we all need. And, you know, a word we've talked about a lot. And so I think we talked about it yesterday was, you know, finding grace in these situations. And, you know, that's a, I think for everybody, for ourselves, for our kids, you know, for our aging parents, um, you know, and I think the kids have to find it within themselves and with each other. And, you know, it's a really hard time and they, they should look around and realize, you know, there are a lot of people that same thing, you know, they haven't taken these standardized tests, you know, start That's looking right. at colleges that are test optional, you know, it's going to look really different. And so if there's a, a year to not put you, the pressure on yourself, this is certainly the year. Uh, okay, good, good advice. Susan, you've written and spoken a lot about or talked to, to a lot of experts on this, these milestones that they're missing. And that's, you know, the prom, we've seen the drive-by graduations and the drive-by proms. I saw a preschool drive-by graduation the other day. I just was walking by a preschool. It was pretty cute. You know, they had a balloon arch and the teachers were giving them stuff. But how, how should parents address these missing milestones? Um, well, I, I want to just back up to one thing and say um, in this in the last woman's story, the fighting with our kids about things. Um, one of the things that I have always found. Um, well, there's no always. Let me take that back. One of the things that I think can work is our, our kids don't want to fail. 
they don't want to be not doing their work. There's other things typically going on. And, and Lisa Damore has said this over and over again, that try and be curious. So one of the questions can be in those situations, like, are you feeling okay about this? Is there something else going on? And I, I have a cousin with younger kids and she once, um, you know, called up and asked me this question about her daughter who was connected to her phone and social media and her grades were dropping, whatever. So I, I just said that to her. I said, you know, have you asked her if she feels good about it? Like maybe, maybe she needs your help taking her phone away. And she asked her and her daughter said, could you take it away from me? So, wow. you know, we're busy, we're busy trying to solve the story without the problem. If the problem okay. is that teenager who's like battling you over somebody, something going on, then just really treating them like their own thoughtful human being that they are and saying what's going on may, may lead to a whole different outcome than when you anticipated when you were angry about it. Okay. Um, Great. So in terms of celebrating milestones, um, a lot of that conversation was happening right when COVID hit and the devastation of missing out on all these things. I think the conversation's a little bit different now because we have seen the joy and creativity that has come from pivoting when it was clear that none of this was going to happen. I think in the beginning, there was the feeling like it might happen. What will we do if it doesn't happen? When that became a reality, that's gone. Like those days, those, right. those days left us. And I mean, people did the most beautiful things for prom. Like they, they built up an evening with their family or, um, you know, like John Krasinski, right? Right. Like, right, like there were right. so many beautiful things that happened around these events. And that doesn't mean your kid got any of that, but, but like, uh, graduation, I think many schools tried to figure out a way to, how to do something meaningful. Um, and in some ways, they built memories that nobody else will, we hope nobody else will have. Like this is an unusual year um, and we couldn't fix it for our kids. We couldn't demand that there be a graduation like there was in the past. Uh, and yet we still figured out a way to celebrate. So I think there's some really like just heartwarming stories and beautiful moments that they're going to take with them. Right. Okay, good. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they have different memories than we have. What we don't have though is the um, family Christmas card photo, and I'm sad about that. <laughs> I guess no, that's you can really what I mean. That's what I mean. So, uh, um, all right, we're sort of wrapping up here. We have a few more minutes. Uh, I think we feel like we need to get to these words of wisdom for the 2020 graduates, um, because I I did have a son that graduated last week, and I just felt like I was sort of a useless cheerleader. You know, there's not much to say when the world is really a rough spot for, you know, kids graduating in 2020, even, you know, even kids who graduated the last couple of years. I know a lot of them have lost jobs. They're back home. So, all right, Sue, this is your big chance. Tell us, <laughs> what are your inspiring words for the class of 2020? Da, 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 da. Okay, here, I have no business having any words for anybody, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> Every generation is defined by big moments. The class of 2020 has had more than its fair share. School shootings, the environment, COVID, Black Lives Matter. What we know is that you have been released into a very uncertain world, and yet you rise up. You are leading the way and shining light on solutions. You are wiser and more focused on reversing injustice. You have the words the knowledge, and the confidence to guide us toward a better tomorrow. My money is on the class of 2020. I love it. I love that phrase, my money is on the class of 2020. Nice work. That is good work. Thank That's you. good work. Put, yeah, I think you should tape that and put it out there and see if it goes viral. I, I love it. I love it. My money is on the class of 2020. There's a, they got a lot of emotion there, and I hope they can roll, roll with that. Uh, roll with that. I want to ask one more question about parents, because we're talking a lot about parents interacting with their, you know, teenagers and their young adults. But how about the parents themselves? Uh, do you, have you spoken to any experts? Do you have any advice for parents who are just trying to cope and to help them manage their stress and anxiety? Because you do get anxious over your kid's future. You, it is stressful to watch them, you know, flounder. So what do you think? What do you think? Thanks. Steph, Sue, Sue. Can we each go? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Steph, you want to go, Steph? So I'm thinking about Sunya Luther, who talks about who cares for the caregiver. And we talked a lot about this. And this was pre-pandemic. 
and caring for for mom and self-care and how important that is. And I think that there's two pieces of that. There is that old adage about, you know, put on your um, oxygen mask first. We all, we all know that. Um, but I think the, I think the other piece of that is when your family sees you doing that and what that looks like. So I, I think even a, a three-year-old can see you doing that. Um, but certainly tweens and teens can see what that looks like and how do you take care of yourself and take care of your family. And, you know, we all have different coping mechanisms. And I think that in answer to your question, Leanne, yeah, it's been so hard. You know, I saw an article, I hope it was on our website, (laughs) your teen site that came up yesterday, um, that talked about, um, feeling like, why am I the, why do I have to be in charge of everything? And right. I thought, oh my God, that is my headspace. Like, why me? Why do I have to check it off the list where the car's all pulled up with, which I have a funny oh, story about. Uh, yeah. I should tell that story. <laughs> no, I won't. That's another podcast. Um, have the cars all been pulled in? You know, was the back door closed? Is the fire pit out? Is that right? And just feeling like my head is on a treadmill. And that has been so hard. So in answer to, you know, are we okay? No. We're not okay at all. Um, But I think we have all found ways to cope, or I hope we have, right? So for me, it's hiking on the weekends, you know, with part of the family, some of the family, just my husband, sometimes going on a walk by myself. So, um, you know, what are those things? And I believe very much in that restoration of being outside and encouraging the family to be outside, even doing whatever it is, even just sitting on the patio, do it, you know, even if you're listening to a podcast or, um, on your computer, but seeing, be, being outside and just, I, I think the power of nature and the sun and the warmth, um, especially for us in the Midwest, um, is really rejuvenating. Okay. I believe in that. Yeah. I believe in that too. How about, how about you, Sue? Okay. So I have eight things that I think um, are, (laughs) no, no, not to discuss, not to discuss just eight, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think we have to live with grace right now. We have to live with empathy as parents. We have to say our, we're sorry. Um, Even if it's just to model that behavior for our kids, big one, pick your battles. Um, I think this one is really amazing. It's hard to do. Don't respond when someone is yelling at you. Mm-hmm. Relax yeah. the rules. Recognize that we are all at this moment building resilience. And we're, we're creating memories, good and bad ones, but we are right now creating memories. Thank you so much, Stephanie Silverman and Susan Borison. We just want to thank you for being on Satellite Sisters. It was really, I learned a lot. Uh, It makes me wish I had kids in the house, but I don't. (laughs) No, really, I really appreciate it. I think you answered the questions and gave people a lot to think about. There's This is so unprecedented is the word that keeps being used and almost overused. But you know what? It is unprecedented. So I don't feel like you can say it enough. Like there's really no roadmap for this but you've given us a lot of great ideas to think about. All right, what's we're going to have all of the lists of all of your 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 teen media at satellitesisters.com. Um, you have a digital magazine. You have a podcast that people can subscribe to if you want this. Again, I mentioned Steph and Sue are doing Facebook Lives. Almost, It seems like almost 24-7 because every time I log on, you've started a new one. There you are. <laughs> you've started a new one. Um, so uh, all their media is a tremendous resource for parents. And I want to thank you for being on Satellite Sisters. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Leanne. Hey, uh, I want to thank Sergio Enriquez for engineering today's show and making us all sound great. Next week, Julie and Liz will be back and it'll be the three of us on Satellite Sisters. And we have a lot going on. We're just full steam ahead with shows uh, all through the summer, actually. (laughs) All through the summer, actually. So uh, we're looking forward to that. You can always find anything you need to know about Satellite Sisters at SatelliteSisters.com. We'd love for you to join our Facebook group. It's a private group, but come on over. uh, And uh, there's lots of great problem solving that happens over there. It's a very kind and warm space on the Internet. You do have to be a listener of the Satellite Sisters podcast, but just search us on Facebook and you'll find us. All right. Thanks, everybody. And don't forget. Call your satellite sister.